0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. You're listening to Dolly Reads for You. I'm Dolly Howard, and Nancy Hopkins is the producer of this. I'm pre-recording. Um, this is actually Tuesday, August 13. I'm going to be starting a new book today. It's, uh, I'll read that in just a minute. In the meantime, I wanted to... Wait a minute. Is that what this is for, angels? Let me see. I've already drawn a couple cards today. They want me to draw two, and I was confused why two. Well, let me see. Is this card for this new book I'm going to read, angels? Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) oh. No. See, the angels knew I was going to finish that other book on I did not realize I was finishing the other book I was reading. And uh going to be starting the new one. The other book finished in an hour, so I got an hour left for for today. So I'm going to start the new one and the angels knew I was going to do this. I didn't know it. But the angels did and they had me draw Two cards. Oh, man, they are so freaking smart. I love my angels. So this card is number 17. Where are we going here? Here we are. Archangel Zachriel, Dance. Archangel Zachriel says it's time to dance. Move your body to a rhythm all its own. Put on your favorite music and let your body find its natural rhythm. Really let loose without feeling self-conscious of what you may look like. Go with how the movement feels to you and your body. Zachriel can help you and will join in the dance with you. Call upon Zachriel when you are ready to dance and ask for assistance in moving to your own rhythm. Give thanks to Zachreel for this newfound rhythm. Thank you so much, Zacharyll. And thank you all you angels for loving me so much. Thank you, thank you. All right, so let me put this away. Because if I don't, I might lose it. I lost another card. I have no clue where it went. I really don't. It'll probably show up someday after I've moved on. And kids will think, oh, here's that card Mom was looking for all this time. Okay, so I got the card put away. Let's put this over here. Now, the new book, it's kind of exciting, I think, written by Jim Mars, M-A-R-R-S. He's also the author of the New York Times bestseller, Rule by Secrecy. Title of this book is Above Top Secret. Uncover the mysteries of the digital age. UFOs, aliens, 9-11, NWO, police state, conspiracies, cover-ups, and much more. They don't want you to know about. This is a good time to be reading this book, I think. All this crap going on in the world today, like Jeffrey Epstein's uh, Suicide. Yeah, right. So, grateful acknowledgement goes to Nick Redfern and Thomas Ruffner, who contributed significantly to this work, as well as the dedicated Above Top Secret management team, of Bill Irvine, Mark Allen, Simon Gray, and Stephen Melzer, along with the ATS members, whose comments are included here. And the copyright on this book was 2008. Okay. Oh, it's so wonderful. I have a book I can hold in my hand. I I was reading the other book um, by Judy Carroll, and it was on the computer. It was on my nook. And I, I was scared to death to move away from the page that I was reading because I'm not real technical savvy these days. Used to be. But these days, uh uh-uh. uh. And I got to the end of that book and didn't even know I was at the end. So I like having a book I can hold in my hands. So we have the uh, contents, there's uh, quite a few chapters, he doesn't have them numbered. Last chapter starts on page 283, so it's kind of a big book, and it's got a type I can read. Um, conspiracy theorist is a noun. Someone who postulates on the idea that many important geopolitical events or economic and societal trends are the products of secret plots that are generally unknown to the public at large. Here's the foreword. the last century witnessed the rise of what is popularly known as the conspiracy theorist, a subculture of like-minded people who have become concerned that that majority contemporary and historical events were not caused by what we've been told through mainstream media or our history books, often misunderstood as Those crazy conspiracy nuts. These people are passionately concerned about society, have a deep affection for their country, and are driven by a strong sense of ethics and justice. The tipping point that can inspire someone to begin asking the questions that will transform them into a conspiracy theorist are as diverse as as the conspiracies they theorize about. Some have looked as far back as the time leading up to World War I and have noticed the oddities surrounding the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Many have become doubtful of the official story surrounding the events in Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947 and the resulting broad spectrum of UFO cover-up questions. The rise of the Federal Reserve in contemporary economic troubles have provided a fountain spring of stimuli for questions related to financial conspiracies. In fact, if you've ever watched the evening news and wondered to yourself, that can't be right, you have taken your first tentative step into the world of conspiracy theory. For years, conspiracy theorists belonged to a soft-spoken subculture relegated to perusing a limited selection of small press books in the dark, unvisited corners of bookstores, searching out hard-to-find independent newspapers and mail order VHS tapes of difficult to watch production quality. Even with the relatively robust categories of UFO conspiracy aficionados and JFK assassination theorists, it was difficult to fathom how many of us there really were. Then came the Internet. And everything changed. Hallelujah! Starting first via uncertain voices on early bulletin board systems in the 1980s, conspiracy theorists from an abundance of diverse topic areas found each other online. As additional channels for collaboration grew through IRC, Usenet, and CompuServe. More and more like-minded people with troubling questions found answers in their online conversations. The advent of the web and ubiquitous easy internet access sparked a startling societal explosion. That brought conspiracy theories from the dark corners of bookstores to the forefront of popular culture. In fact, the wildly popular phrase of 2007, don't tase me bro, was a plea from a conspiracy theorist that exploded into the pop culture lexicon because of the internet. Today, the web has given birth to what is nothing short of a renaissance of conspiracy theory. The zero cost of entry and easy access to blogging has inspired a significant portion of the blogosphere to focus on a myriad of conspiracy topics. For better or worse, untold millions of pages examine hundreds of variations on thousands of the conspiracy theory- theories. Some are superlative examples of relentless research. Others push the speculative envelope with magnificence, and many more are dubious flights of fancy. But no matter the accuracy or veracity of these millions of thoughts, the sheer volume bears witness to the tremendous number of people with provocative questions in search of answers. i got turned turn the overhead light. On. Oh, let there be light. The evolution of the Internet has given birth to another cultural phenomenon, one that has its roots in the core essence of how the medium was birthed. While the technological underpinnings, or pinnings, underpinnings were created via a military mandate, the users of the Internet directed its evolution as a culture of collaboration, driven by the ethics of sharing. Despite all the billions of dollars invested in e-commerce and Internet advertising, The essence of the medium is driven by the share-and-share-alike ideology to its users. From hyperlinking to Facebook, every important advance in core online usefulness has its roots in the need for the users to share information. And nowhere has the urge to learn through sharing been more readily apparent than in the birth of online communities devoted to conspiracy theories. AboveTopSecret.com began in 1997 as the hobby of a, an inquisitive teenager named Simon Gray of, Swind- of Swindon, England. Over the years, user demand dictated the inclusion of a discussion board section of the site so that like-minded conspiracy theorists could share information and collaboratively speculate on what they learn. In 2003, the demand imposed on Mr. Gray's original hobby became so great that the site outgrew its humble beginnings and dedicated hardware was urgently required. Over the next four years, demand continued to grow at a pace that required additional investments in technology every nine months on average. The perfect storm explosion of Internet accessibility, online conspiracy theory topics, and the urge to share has grown the humble hobby into a stunning Internet phenomenon with over one point. 8 million pages of content, and nearly 2 million visits each month, making it the largest and most popular website dealing with conspiracy theories. Regular users of abovetopsecret.com will be eager to tell you that such growth and success is no surprise. The heart and soul of our website is an inspiring social content community that is often referred to as the best-in-class of any topical gender. Discussion boards, forums, and blogs have rightfully earned negative reputations for an often overly free-form environment of juvenile behavior questionable content, personal attacks, and insults. Five years ago, the users of AboveTopSecret.com decided that they wanted none of that. A motto of deny ignorance was adopted as a rallying cry that not only spoke to the need to be civil with one another, but also stated that clear desire to understand the truth's behind difficult questions. This unique civil environment of AboveTopSecret.com is credited with its rapid rise to success. Participants are able to focus on whatever they feel are important issues and provocative questions with complete confidence that those responding will do so out of a desire to aid in collaborative learning. While the civil environment has attracted a humbling number of intelligent people asking important questions, the real magic of AboveTopSecret.com is that it is a true user defined media vehicle. Complete editorial control is in the hands of the wisdom of the crowds, as more than 1,200 new topics every day are ranked and prioritized by the participants. The staff and management have no ability to influence editorial decisions or the positioning of topics on any of the site's pages with the exception of removing occasional inappropriate items. The result is an ever-evolving ecosystem of content that represents a stream of consciousness from an enormous collaboration of intelligent people who want nothing more than answers that make sense. No contemporary author is better prepared to provide you with a summary of of Above TopSecret.com's unique and collaborative stream of consciousness than Jim Mars. He's a superlative writer, a brilliant conspiracy theorist, and most importantly, a firm believer in the notion that together we are smarter than any one of us. Jim has selected a collection of topics that represent some of the most stunning. And imaginative works in recent memory on above topsecret.com. No matter what conspira- conspiracy theories hold your interest, there's something for you in this book. And if you don't believe yourself to be a conspiracy theorist now, you're not being honest with yourself. After ally you pick up a book entitled Above Top Secret, Uncover the Mysteries of the Digital Age, and read the entire foreword. Jim, I leave our reader in your capable hands. Enjoy. Signed by Bill Irvine, CEO of the Above Network, LLC, owners and operators of AboveTopSecret.com. Okay. Introduction. Contrary to an old adage, what you don't know can harm you. One may be the most highly intelligent person in the world, but if he or she is operating on erroneous or incomplete information, A truthful and correct conclusion on any issue is impossible. Additionally, a person is at a difficult disadvantage when confronted with new and unfamiliar information in any situation. So, you want to know all you can about a wide variety of topics, and none are more fascinating than the subjects being tossed about on the Internet in the digital age. You say you want to know all about those mysteries and conspiracies you hear about, but you don't want to spend your life digging through old dusty books of hours surfing the net. Here's the book for you. In one beautifully designed package, compliments of an inspired link-up between Above Top Secret com, and the disinformation company, you can find answers or at least understand the questions to such wild topics as Did John Titter come from the future? And Who Parked the Moon? <laughs> I'm going to love this book. Who Parked the Moon? <laughs> yes! <laughs> hmm, I like it already. And I'm only on page one. <laughs> Some of these sections deal with mysteries that may involve science, of which we are not yet aware. In the primitive past, such things would have been called magic. Today, they are more likely to be called extraterrestrial. Some of the issues here are concerned with conspiracy a a term formerly disparaged by the corporate-controlled mass media. However, since the attacks of September 11, 2001 were obviously the result of someone's conspiracy, the term has been somewhat rehabilitated. My motto, if it's not an act of God, it's a conspiracy, (laughs) still stands. (laughs) If it's not an act of God, it's a conspiracy. (laughs) I like that. Sure, accidents happen. Cars crash, ships sink, and airplanes crash. But if an event is not an accident and more than one person is involved, by the dictionary definition, you have a conspiracy. (laughs) Conspiracies are not all bad. If you throw your friend a surprise birthday party, that's a conspiracy, but it's not a bad one. However, if people conspire to break the law or harm someone else, that's certainly not good. The Internet is chock-full of conspiracies and mysteries. The net is a conundrum within itself because the upside of the Internet is that everyone and anyone has access to this modern phenomenon. The downside is that everyone and anyone has access. (laughs) The problem is separating the wheat from the chaff, distinguishing between good information and bad. How does one find the truth behind any conspiracy? Take a lesson from the great detectives and journalists of the past. Don't settle for superficial and facile explanations. Dig past the obvious evidence, which can be fabricated or planted, and look for finer facts. Go past the headlines and seek evidence in the small print deep within a news story. Carefully look at the source of a story. If you read an article about the safeness of nuclear power and note that the story is based on information from the Atomic Industrial Forum, <laughs> an industry organizing organization promoting the commercial use of nuclear power, you will know that you are not getting both sides of the story. You think? (laughs) Likewise, a peace-raising alarm over land use, citing the Earth Liberation Front as its source, most probably is not a fair and balanced account of the issue. And <clears throat> these days, the fake news people just get a script to read and they don't even know a source other than the person who is running it on the teleprompter. Freaking, and they don't care. They don't care if it's the truth or not. And it's usually the or not part. Oh, they just I not I don't have any words about it. It's just freaking frustrating, and I don't listen to fake news. Study all sides of an issue. I listen to OAN or Fox News, and even then, I take what they say with a grain of salt. So, and I go with my gut feeling. Study all sides of an issue. Yes, and I do go on the Internet and do some research on on several of the things they say. Don't allow partisan politics or an ingrained belief system to influence what you read and hear. Visit www.abovetopsecret.com Seek out alternative publications and prowl used bookstores for information you may have missed or never knew. And double-check... All sources. Double-check all sources. For example, in the case of the JFK assassination, do you believe a politically motivated commission that concluded Kennedy was shot through the neck, or do you believe the official autopsy report and doctors supported by the hole in his coat and shirt, which stated... He was struck in the back below the shoulder blade. Do you trust government pronounce? Do you trust government pronouncements on the 1947 Roswell crash that have been changed four times, Or do you believe several hundred fellow citizens who tell a different story? Sometimes the devil is in the detail. Don't trust polls and statistics. It has been repeatedly proven that these can be manipulated by loaded questions and misleading arithmetic. For example, did you know that 82.4% of all statistics are just made up on the spot? See what I mean? Don't put your trust in media personalities. In Great Britain, they have it right. Instead of news anchors, media talking heads there are called presenters. A more appropriate description. Most news presenters are fine folks, but let's face it. They rip and read. That is, they read news stories right off the wires that are placed before them. They simply do not have the time or inclination to verify all the stories they must deal with on a daily basis. Additionally, they rarely have the background knowledge or leniency from management to pass judgment on the truth of any given story. After all, the sins of the corporate-controlled mass media are primarily those of omission rather than commission. Most importantly, begin to think for yourself rather than putting your trust in persons and pronouncements in the media. This does not mean that any old idea that pops into your head is as valid as those of conventional thinking. Davy Crockett once said, "'Be always sure you're right.'" And then go ahead. The key here is to make certain you know what you are talking about. Just because you learned something in Sunday school, public school, or from your parents does not necessarily mean that you got correct information. When you tackle a controversial issue, start out with the fundamental questions that were once taught to beginning journalism students who, what, when, where, and why. I was taught that in school, and I remembered it. I lived that. Got me into a lot of trouble, but I am not sorry. One time, not sorry, that I didn't want to know who, what, when, where, and why. Armed with these basics, and hopefully a dash of deductive reasoning, you are now ready to take on the world of mystery and conspiracy. While the evidence for some of these conspiracies presented here admittedly may be dubious, Many have an impressive amount of narrative and documentation to back them up. Study this material carefully. I don't believe that is not a convincing argument. The cases here have been selected based on the broad appeal they seem to hold for the more than 2 million monthly visitors to the above-top-secret website, which in 2007 celebrated its 10th anniversary. The material presented here leans toward the conspiratorial because the corporate mass media leans the other way. If you want the other side, just watch TV. They will tell you There is nothing to any of the topics presented here. They don't want you to see the little man behind the green curtain. (laughs) I always liked Wizard of Oz. And then as I got older, I started to see the things embedded in the Wizard of Oz that I didn't see as a child. The modern... No, the world of modern America is very much like that portrayed in the Matrix movie trilogy. Today, instead of everyone physically hooked up to some machine that runs a virtual reality program through their brains, everyone is wrapped inside an electromagnetic matrix woven by corporate-controlled radio and TV. A close study will reveal that almost everything you read, see, or hear is controlled by six multinational corporations. That's a tremendous concentration of power. While this media matrix cannot yet tell you how to think, it can certainly tell you what to think about, and to a large extent, how to view both the news and world events. It sets the agenda and usually presents only one viewpoint. It's not easy to break away from an an electronic media that has been conditioning us all since birth, but it can be done. Deny Ignorance, Break Loose from the Media Matrix, Think for Yourself, Question Authority. The following mysteries and conspiracies are a good starting point. Written by Jim Mars, October 2008. Okay, first chapter, was 9 11 an inside job? Who? This is broken down into who, what, when, where, and why. Who? Certain officials high within the federal government of the United States. What? Some claim these officials had foreknowledge of the attacks and, at the very least, did nothing to prevent them. When? September 11, 2001. Already acknowledged as a turning point in U.S. history. Where? Three modern skyscrapers in New York City collapsed following the attacks and the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. was seriously damaged. Why? According to the official government account, 19 fanatical Muslim hijackers were bent on destroying America's freedom and democracy, but other factors appear to have been involved. Okay. Before I get started with this, I need to take a little break here. So I'll be back. I'll be back even before you know I'm gone. <laughs> Boo! I'm back. <laughs> you didn't even realize I was gone, did you? I like this pre-recording thing. I really do. But yeah, I, I don't because I miss having live interaction with Nancy and the guys who come in the chat room. Okay, so it has its ups and it has its downs. Pros and cons. Now, to really get into the meat of this chapter one, Was 9-11 an inside job? A November 2007 Scripps Howard News Service poll showed nearly two-thirds of respondents believed that some federal officials had specific warnings of the 9-11 attacks, yet did nothing to prevent them. Even more dramatic, you know, I'm sitting here thinking he's, he's quoting a poll. <laughs> Didn't he just tell us to beware of polls because people just make them up? <laughs> Even more dramatically, a September 11, 2006 MSNBC question of the day poll asked, Do you believe any 9-11 conspiracy theories that indicate the U.S. government was involved? Amazingly, 58% answered yes, I believe there is evidence, with only 30% voting. No, that's ridiculous. 11% responded, I'm not sure. This means 68% were at least open to the suggestion that 9-11 was contrived within the U.S. government. A Zogby International poll conducted between August 24 and 26, 2004, on the eve of the Republican National Convention, showed almost one-half of New York City residents, 49.3%, and 41% of New York State residents, believed that some national leaders knew in advance that attacks were planned on or around September 11, 2001, and that they con- consciously failed to act. <coughs> These polls indicate that the subject of a 9-11 conspiracy is taken seriously by a majority of the citizens of the United States. This stands in stark contrast to the corporate-controlled mass media that has bombarded the public with its incredulity on this subject. According to the mass media, any questions about nine eleven come only from paranoid conspiracy theorists. Gotta keep us dumbed down, you know. <clears throat> Yet by early 2008, there were numerous websites dedicated to dis, to disseminating information about the 9-11 attacks, which laid the groundwork for the U.S. invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, the controversial Patriot Act, the creation of the Homeland Security Department, and other measures, including the Military Commissions Act and the Transportation Security Administration. Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth at www.ae911truth.org, Pilots for 9-11 Truth, and that can be found at pilots for nine eleven truth org <coughs> Scholars for nine eleven truth at www911 scholars and www911 nine eleven truth org are among the more credible websites. Despite the prevalence of some far-out theories regarding the events of 9-11. There is obviously a serious issue here that deserves the attention of every concerned citizen. Even a cursory glance over the 9-11 issues provides fodder for any thinking person. It's We're having our afternoon storm right now. And I got the Door and window open in my bedroom. I love the smell of rain. It's so fresh. And I love hearing it because we're having a nice steady rain. It's not violent like it usually is lately. So you might hear it in the background, but you'll have to bear with it because I just love it. It puts me... In a restful state. So anyway, proves uh, issues provides fodder for any thinking person. More than a dozen nations tried to warn U.S. authorities that the country was about to be attacked, as documented in my book, *The Terror Conspiracy*. Incredibly, such warnings came from members of the Taliban in Afghanistan and even. From Fidel Castro in Cuba. Then there is the issue of war game exercises being conducted on the morning of the attacks. The fact of these exercises was initially denied, of course, and accused of being an internet rumor. But more than a year after 9-11, National Security Council Counterterrorism Chief Richard A. Clark acknowledged these exercises, which may have played an important role in confusing the U.S. defense system's response. In his book Against All Enemies, Clark stated that when he first contacted the acting chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Richard Myers, to see if any interceptors had been launched, Myers responded, We're in the middle of Vigilant Warrior, a NORAD, North American Aerospace Defense Command, exercise. When Lieutenant Colonel Duane Deskins, a NORAD Airborne Control and Warning Officer, received word regarding the hijackings, she immediately thought it must be a part of the exercise. What a bunch of. Okay, I'm keeping that opinion to myself. <sighs> okay, I did my deep breath. Army Sergeant Laurel LJ. Chavez, who participated in the War Games exercises as a member of the U.S. Central Command headquarters staff in Florida, said this was the first military exercise that he had ever participated in that was classified top secret. Chavez dropped several bombshells in his account of that day. He noted that Vice President Dick Cheney had become the first civilian to take command of NORAD only weeks before 9 11. That had, that the war game exercises included a scenario in which a hijacked commercial airliner was crashed into one of the World Trade Center towers. And in parentheses, he says, "Where? What are the odds this could happen for real?" Chavez quoted staffers as asking and apprentices that false images called inputs, representing several hijacked aircraft, were placed on radar screens, creating confusion over what was real, and that a superior officer said that Cheney had issued a stand-down order to jet interceptors. Freaking Cheney, I'm glad he's dead. Ugh. Oh, I never liked that dude. He proved me right on that one. Okay. By several reliable accounts, these war game exercises also included... Northern Vigilance, which sent fighter interceptors deep into Canada and the Northern Pacific in response to a Russian exercise in the Arctic. Vigilant Guardian, which may have included scenarios based on a hijacked airplane. Northern Guardian, another portion of the Vigilant Guardian exercise. And Tripod 2, a biological warfare exercise mentioned by, may, by Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, that may explain the arrival of FEMA's National Urban Search and Rescue Team in New York the night before the 9 11 attacks. To echo Sergeant Chavez's question, what are the odds? The much-touted 9-11 commission report only mentioned these war game exercises in a single footnote. If those looking on from inside the Pentagon as 9-11 unfolded believed the airlines involved were, or might be, part of a counter-terror exercise, Set for that very morning, it would explain the otherwise incomprehensible delay, almost to the point of paralysis, ineffectively scrambling in interceptors. Noted Barbara Honiger, a military journalist and author of the 1989 book October Surprised. At least seven of the 19 hijackers still named by the FBI turned up alive in the Middle East long after 9-11. Now, did you get that, y'all? At least seven of the 19 hijackers still named by the FBI turned up alive. Alive! Alive! In the Middle East, long after 9 11. Oh. Ah. Here he's naming him Abdul Aziz Al Omari, a Saudi who stated his passport was stolen while traveling through Denver. Said Al Ghamdi, a Saudi airline pilot who stated he was shocked and furious that he had been named as a 911 hijacker. hijacker. Salim Al-Hazmi, a Saudi who proclaimed, I have never been to the United States. Ahmed Al-Ghamdi, named as a hijacker of Flight 93, he said, I have never even heard of Pennsylvania. Walid el Shirai, Shira, a Saudi pilot who proclaimed his innocence from Morocco. Abdul Rahman el Amari, a Saudi who declared his innocence at the U.S. Embassy in Jeddah, J-E-D-D-A-H. Amir Bukhari, This man died in a plane crash prior to 9-11, according to his brother, who passed a polygraph test. These guys were just frickin' set up. All of these men's stories were vouched for by the Saudi Arabian Embassy and that country's foreign minister. This story was well covered in the European media, but has never been. Been mentioned by America's watchdog media? (laughs) Of course not. (coughs) What time is it? Oh, good, got eight minutes. And what of Al Qaeda, officially named as the prime subject behind the attack? The terrorist organization was a creation of the CIA, who had sent Saudis to Afghanistan in the 1980s to combat the Russian incursion. They had renamed it from the Older Muslim Brotherhood, a violence-prone group of Muslim radicals that had been taken over by Nazis during World War Two. They later were controlled by the CIA, which used this group to train and arm the Kosovo Liberation Army in the 1990s, Robin Cook, Britain's foreign secretary from 1997 to 2001, has written that Al-Qaeda is a CIA creation, and its name, literally the base, actually means the CIA computer database of Arab mercenaries and fanatics, rather than some physical headquarters. Boy, that was nice, thunder. Um, where was I? If it was so simple as a plane crashing into the building, then where are all the damn videos showing the huge airborne object demolishing itself into the side of the Pentagon? I saw a picture of the roof. And there must have been about ten cameras. Duh. This was a quote. Former counterterrorism chief Richard A. Clark also confirmed what was initially said to be another Internet rumor, that more than two dozen members of the bin Laden family were allowed to fly across the U.S. during the no-fly period following 9-11, when Americans were not permitted to fly. Someone brought to us, for approval, the decision to let an airplane filled with Saudis, including members of the bin Laden family, leave the country, he told Vanity Fair. So I said, fine, let it happen. His statement implies that the decision to allow the Bin Ladens to fly came from his superiors. In June 2006, FBI Chief of Investigative Publicity, Rex Toome, confirmed what critics of the official 9-11 story had been saying all along when he stated, The reason why 9-11 is not mentioned on Osama Bin Laden's Most Wanted page is because the FBI had no hard evidence connecting Bin Laden to 9-11. Imagine that. The controversy over what caused the destruction of the World Trade Center towers has raged since the day of 9-11 when CBS News anchor Dan Rather stated that the collapse of the towers looked like they were deliberately destroyed by well-placed dynamite. The FBI took charge of the criminal investigation of the WTC destruction, while the little-understood Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, took responsibility for determining what happened to cause the collapse. FEMA seemed determined to haul away the evidence. Even before a full and impartial investigation could be made, such premature destruction of evidence was called into question by Bill Manning, editor of the 125-year-old fisherman's publication, Fire Engineering. In its January 2002 issue, Fire Engineering has good reason to believe that the official investigation blessed by FEMA and run by the American Society of Civil Engineers is a half-baked face farce that may already have been commandeered by political forces whose primary interests to put it mildly lie far afield of full disclosure wrote Manning. The official account backed by several experts, contended that the towers collapsed due to the heat generated by jet fuel from the crashed aircraft, which then caused structural steel to melt or bend, causing a sequential collapse of each floor in the 110-story towers. Critics pointed out that experts can be hired and that many were beholden to the federal government for contracts and funding. Others questioned how structural steel giving way on one side of the structure could cause an entire tower to collapse both symmetrically and at almost free-fall speed. Others noting that the jet fuel is basically kerosene with a few added ingredients have asked how it is possible for kerosene-based commercial jet fuel which burns at about 1,517 degrees Fahrenheit in open air, in parentheses, the WTC fires were diffused and oxygen starved, as evidenced by the dark billowing smoke, end a parentheses, melt structural steel with a melting point at approximately 2,750 degrees. Folks with fuel-burning metal heaters or stoves wondered why their appliances don't melt or warp, from constant use. And no one has successfully elicited an answer from failed 2008 presidential candidate and former New York Mayor Rudolph Giuliani as to who told him the towers were going to collapse beforehand. Giuliani told Peter Jennings of ABC News the day of 9-11 that he was manning a temporary command center. He has also never given an explanation for why he did not go to the newly completed and hardened command center in WTC Building 7, which collapsed later that day. When someone came in and told him they must evacuate as the towers were going to come down, obviously it is necessary to learn who warned him of the tower's collapse, how they knew of this and why the first responders in the towers were not given that same warning. At one campaign event, when a person tried to ask this question, he was arrested and hauled away. Okay, I have to end here because I'm at 59 minutes. I'm enjoying this so far, and we got a lot more of the conspiracy things that we're going to hear about, Uh, who parked the moon, who crashed at Roswell, Is God an angel, Uh, an alien, who built the spidery drones, did John Titter come from the future, why did the Air Force change its story on Stephenville, do road signs contain hidden codes, oh, hey, that's a new one, is the Federal Reserve a scam? Are chemtrails for real? Is there a Nazi based in Antarctica? Who killed JFK? We're going we're gonna to be reading about a lot of things in here, and I'm excited I got the book. And I have to say bye-bye.